What's going on, everyone? I'm Akeem, joined here as always by Vito Patel. Welcome to the Crew Sports Pods, episode number 38. You can always check us out on Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. We had another good week of football. We're going to talk in week six of college, week five of NFL. As usual, Vito, we'll start with college, we'll start with props of the week. Every week, we'll look back at this last week of college football action. We'll see who deserves props, who stood out to us. And we'll start with you, Vito. Who stood out to you this week? They've been on notice the whole season, but after putting 49 on Michigan State, uh, I feel like Ohio State deserves some recognition on their offense. C.J. Stroud uh, leads all of college football with 24 passing touchdowns and the best pass rating in college football. So with that, you're going to get a pretty good receiver, of pretty good receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. leads all receivers uh, with nine touchdowns. And Emeke Ibuka leads all receivers with 15-plus yards receive receptions. And uh, he's top five in total yards, which one of the interesting things is those two receivers are killing it, and neither of them are Jackson Smith and Jigba. And on top of that, the running game is killing it. Uh, Trevion Henderson is doing solid, but what's popped out this year is Mayan Williams, who's top seven in rushing touchdowns at eight already. And when you put all those pieces together, they have the number two offense in total yards uh, behind Tennessee, but number one in points per game with 48.8 points per game at this point. That is a lot of points. It is hard to lose if you're dropping almost 50. I mean, it's hard to lose when you probably have the best quarterback, the best receiving group, one of the best running group back groups. They're going to – yeah, they have an insane offense. And they still don't have arguably their best player back. That is crazy. And, well, that's why they're ranked number two now. Yeah. Uh, my props of the week are going to Texas, who just absolutely dominated the Red River rivalry against Oklahoma this past week. Um, this was the first time since 1998 both teams went to the Red River rivalry unranked. And it was the first time since 2004 that there was a shutout. Um, back then, Texas got shut out by Oklahoma. And the last time Oklahoma got shut out in the Red River, Red River rivalry was 1965 versus then number one ranked Texas. That's some history happened. That's insane. Texas got Ewers back, and man, it showed that they missed him. I mean, he is, he is amazing. And if it wasn't for C.J. Stroud, he'd probably be putting up crazy numbers at Ohio State and it'd still be the number one offense. But he threw for 289 yards, four touchdowns. That game was over early. Uh, Bijan Robinson went crazy, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Texas looks really good. Uh, you got to wonder, if viewers have been healthy all year, could they be undefeated? I think so. And, day, that's amazing. I forgot. I totally forgot yours was at Ohio State. He was behind Stroud. Both, I mean, mm-hmm. both these guys are just insane. But yours and B. John are B. John's one of the best running backs, and yours is a great quarterback. And Xavier Verde is an amazing receiver. They could have the number one offense for the rest of the year, or they could be in contention with Ohio State, I guess, because they both dropped 49 this weekend <laughs> and against decent Power 5 teams. So that's a pretty good offense. I was surprised by that Texas defense, though. That was probably more impressive, but think Oklahoma's quarterback was out that game yeah but so Texas already has two losses when Ewers was out so you gotta think like maybe no college football playoffs I mean no one's ever made two losses before yeah they have a tough schedule I know the college football rankings are kind of different but they're still going to consider losses but and those are close losses too and one of them was the Bama 
which they were up when yours was healthy. Yeah, it'd be interesting when the college football playoff rankings come around. But yeah, I mean, they still have to wait out, so we'll see. That's true. If not, that is a tough New Year's Six Bowl matchup. Whoever gets stuck with Texas. Yeah, for sure. Our team, Notre Dame, looked pretty good. We played number 12 ranked BYU. And I mean, scoring up being 28-20 and Notre Dame stays undefeated in the Shamrock series. But I didn't really think at any point it really was a game, even though it ended up being that one position score. Yeah, it was it was pretty dominant. Uh, defense kind of shut down their quarterback and and Pine and Tommy Reese's offense is just so awesome. Like they really their goal is to get about five yards every play. They don't get too many deep shots, but they just move the ball down the field, play some clock, uh, rest their defense. It's just an amazing strategy, and this offensive line especially is coming to play. Yeah, I think it was just a little better every week, like how we said early. And I mean, if that keeps going, that's all I can ask for, really. And Mayer looked great that game too. Absolutely insane. Broke the Notre Dame record for most receptions. And I thought some would say we're tight end you. Most receptions by tight end. Yeah, most receptions by tight end, yeah. But in Notre Dame, he passed uh, Tyler Eifert's record. But that's, yeah, this offense looks pretty solid, though. It seems like one of those offenses that are super efficient. Uh, I mean, Pine's throwing 70-plus percent. Uh, running backs are averaging, like, all three of them are averaging, like, five yards to carry. There's just not much you can do to stop them. And, you know, wear down a defense with how strong that line is. And our defense is pretty good. So it's a pretty tough team. Like, this is a tough, this is a strategy that's totally different. Like, they're not explosive, but it's a team that'll grind you away. I mean, yeah, they're starting to look better uh, playing this week against Stanford at home. It's a night game. Stanford hasn't really been that great since, like, Andrew Luck. So I don't see how it goes. I'm not really worried or anything about that game. But then again, we did have that Marshall last week too. So who knows? <laughs> I think I think if they play like they did the last three games, actually exactly after uh, Tommy Reese told Drew Pine to do his job, uh, censoring that a bit, <laughs> I think Pine has just been playing amazing ever since then. Like almost unstoppable. Like night and day, the first half of that Cal game and the last two games. I think he's just still getting used to actually being starter. Yeah, I think so too. But I think not only him, though, the line has been playing a lot better, too. So unfair criticism to Buckner. I, I mean, I, as of right now, it looks like Spine's better. But the, another factor was, like, when Buckner was playing, there's no running room against Marshall. <laughs> and that's Marshall. It's also, like, Buckner's at like, the running quarterback. Spine's a pocket passer, so, like... That's true. Your quarterback's a pocket passer. You know where he is. So you know how to block. If he's running around, you don't know where he is. You caught, like, holding if someone... If he's, like, runs to the outside of you or whatever, so... I think now they're, they're more comfortable with, like, a pocket passer to Pine. And they did a lot of read options at Buckner. That's a good point you brought up, though. And with read options, it's like, dang, you don't know if the quarterback's really, you know, keeping it or not. So it's hard to ensure that there's an opening. Now, like, the running backs are doing their jobs and the quarterback's doing his job. More, like, traditional, like, what Notre Dame is used to offense. And actually, I mentioned, like, early in the season that, like, our entire starting offense is returning, like, the offensive line. So I was expecting them to be good. But I think part of that was because Jack Cohen's a traditional pocket passer. They're, I guess they just weren't used to a quarterback that could scramble like Buckner. I don't want to like basically say Buckner's bad because like I think he is still good. He just he doesn't match up with his offense as well. He'll probably end up transferring is what I'm going to get at. Yeah, I don't think his style really works with like what Notre Dame has like, built. Yeah, exactly. All right, so yeah, like you're saying, but I don't, I don't really like a running quarterbacks me personally and i don't think like they've never really worked at another day yeah maybe that's why i don't like them but yeah that's fair you keep trying it every few years so i don't know why <laughs> that's fair yeah 
Wimbush and Tyre were not good fits. <laughs> no. Both of them got like benched really fast by Kaiser and Book, the more pocket versions of themselves. I think this always happens, you're right. And now it's Pine. Oh man. I mean the recruiting already is different looking forward. So maybe they'll recruit quarterbacks differently too, hopefully. Um, but looking ahead to the rest of next week, this is similar to a couple weeks ago where a lot of ranked matchups are gonna be a lot of shakeup. There's two top ten matchups this week, which is kind of crazy. Number five, Michigan versus 10 Penn State. Big 10 matchup, and then three Bama over six Tennessee SEC matchup. If there's six top 25 matchups, about half the ranked teams are playing another ranked team this weekend. And two top 10 matchups, three top 15 matchups. Oh, it'll be amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, that means plenty to talk about. Who knows where we'll give props to next week. I mean, you can't really call much of an upset, but any upset potentials of these uh, college football games you think? I don't know. Penn State, like at the beginning of the year, Penn State, we thought like wasn't great, but they've been looking pretty good. That was where I'm leaning at. I think Penn State would be the one that's like the underdog, so to speak, that could pull it off. Yeah, Michigan's look pretty decent. If, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go 22 Kentucky at 16 Mississippi State. Mississippi State actually has been looking better over the past few weeks, and Kentucky's kind of had two losses in a row. Yeah, that seems like a pretty decent lock, but I feel like with those losses in a row, it kind of creates an extra motivation. Yeah, I don't know. I can see TCU's been great going up against Oklahoma State, who's also been great. Syracuse's been really surprising, but NC State's been really surprising too. They're playing each other. USC's look really good with a new head coach. I don't know how good USC actually is yet because I don't think they have a ranked win on their resume yet. That's true. I don't think they have been tested yet. You're right. Yeah, so I see a lot of these being really, really good games. Actually, I don't see any of these being blowouts. Just amazing slate. <laughs> yeah, if I were to pick one, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kentucky with upset. If I had to pick an upset, actually, I changed my mind. I actually, I think Utah will get the upset. Wow. Okay. At home, they have a chance to turn their season around. This is it. The only better ranked team that's at home is Michigan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what makes it even more fun. The, the the higher ranked team is on the road, so it's just hostile environment. There will be plenty to talk about next week in college. I know that much. Moving on to NFL, I think news around the league. There's been a lot of talk about the rough in the passer calls. I mean, the Tom Brady one was pretty, like, definitely not a rough in the passer, in my opinion. The car one, um, Monday night, was also pretty soft. I mean, like, Fender had the ball with him, so I don't know how, like, that's supposed to be rough in the passer. But um, if I remember correctly, we had this discussion pretty much around the same time last year. There was some soft calls. There's a bunch of memes going around about how you need to, like, lay the quarterback down with, like, a pillow and tuck him in if you want to sack him. <laughs> yeah. This is insane, though, because these are, like, when the quarterback has the ball in their hands, right? We understand, like, some quarterbacks don't aren't as strong and they'll be, they're going to get heavily biased. But if you're not, like, tackling, like, a bigger quarterback – pretty aggressively they could break out of it like fairly easily they're playing football still yeah exactly so you don't i don't I'm, I'm against tackling lightly and i do think a lot of defenders aren't being defended basically they could easily get a targeted call and they could be out for half a game and they could get like roughing the pass the calls and just all kinds of calls against them whereas like offensive players get so much benefit of the doubt i mean like, i understand some of the rules like hitting them low because like they're really they're always standing up straight to so hit them in like their knees or whatever. High chest injury, or like the body weight thing, because like I mean D line they're usually pretty big guys and they're just like body slamming 
a quarterback. I mean, that's going to you know dislocate some shoulders probably. But, like, I don't know. To me, the, the two, like, the TB12 call and their car call both seem like normal tackles. Like, I, I think it has to be, like, a pretty obvious, like, oh, that was a nasty hit, like, to the head or to the knees something for you to call it. Exactly, exactly. There's no malintent. I mean, I know fouls could happen without malintent, but I don't know. These are controversial in themselves. But I did, I did see this stat that like the conspiracy theory, I guess, would, would be a better word for it. But when there's bad ref calls, the enter, the NFL actually gets more mentions on social medias because more people tweet or post about it, or you know, it just becomes a like a hot topic. Exactly. So if they were to fix all referee bad calls. There's actually a lot less for people to talk about. I mean, there bad news or controversial news spreads way faster than good news. Like, you there's like good stats you barely would hear about, but like the second like a call like this happens, boom, it goes it's everywhere. Interesting point. But um, the reason I brought up that like I think around this time last year we were having the same discussion because then after that I think kind of got fixed. I think last year there were like some calls like similar to like the. Tom Brady call or their car call. But then after that, I think it kind of like went away. So I don't think it's going to be like a big thing for too long, basically. Um, but all right, talking about our pick them, I went eight and eight last week. I went 500, not my best work. You went 10 and six, Vito. So you won and you tie it all up again. We each have two wins apiece and one tie. That's pretty good. I didn't even know that. Um. <laughs> Wow. Okay. We're basically it's zero zero now at this point. Basically. Yeah, and we already have a controversy. Our first pick, I see. Yeah. So I mean, this week we only have three differences. I think if I'm looking at it, so I'm just gonna go through those first. And the first one, like you said, is the Thursday night game, Washington at Chicago. I figured you'd go with Chicago because I think this game is like a toss up in my opinion. So I just went with Washington. Okay. Try to be different. I will say that Chicago. Their last two losses to the Giants and uh, the Vikings, those two teams are 4-1. and one. They're pretty decent. And both those games are pretty close. So I think the Bears are better than we thought they were. They're just not good either. They're like, they're not, <laughs> they're not like a bottom five team that, or bottom three team that everyone thinks they are, I think. And at home at night, we get the, I think we get the job done. Did you see that intro, though, speaking of the commanders for Brian Robinson? That was so insane. That was pretty hype. And then, I mean, he had a decent game, too, after that. Dang, especially playing in the NFL a few months after getting shot twice is insane. Yeah, I was surprised how quick, like, you've covered and be able to, like, be able to play in an NFL game. Like, you have to be, like, at 100% to be able to do that. I mean, the fact that he even got on the field, I didn't even think he was going to get many touches, but he got double-digit touches, I think. No, he played like, like he was normal. Like, he was normal. Like, he's been playing all year. Congrats for him, though, and that's pretty badass. Like, that was so sick. In terms of what I think for the actual game, Washington, I mean, it at least looked like early on, like their offense could score. They got a lot of weapons, and they just got another one back, like we talked about. Chicago, I think, takes a little longer to score, mostly because they have to run it, or they do run it a lot. So, I don't know. It's as good of explanations I can give for that game. I really thought it was a toss-up. And I think the line is, like, minus one anyway, so it really is pretty much a toss-up. It is. It's and actually on uh, DraftKings, not DraftKings, uh, Caesars, it's even. The line is dead even. Now, yeah, so toss-up pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through the rest of our differences. I think there's only two more. The other one is Jacksonville at Indianapolis. I have Jacksonville. You have Indianapolis. 
I know it's like a rivalry. Jacksonville did absolutely smoke Indy the first time these teams met and shut them out. I don't know why Jacksonville always gives Indy problems. Yeah, Jacksonville's on Indy's number for sure. Most of like Jacksonville's wins the last couple of years or something was in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they play them twice a year. They I somehow win like them. Um, so I agree, but I think Indianapolis is finally going to get his revenge against Jacksonville. Oh, Indy did not look great last week, though. That was a dud of a game last Thursday night. But they caught the dub ugly and sloppy. <laughs> yes. No touchdowns, though. Uh, I don't. They didn't score a touchdown against Jacksonville last time either. That's why I went with Jacksonville. Yeah, I think Indy comes comes out a little stronger this time, but who knows? I hope so. <laughs> I'm really interested to see how healthy Jonathan Taylor looks too, because he missed last week. I don't know if he's like 100% for this week. Um, they're going to need him. Like, I don't understand Jacksonville. They look really good for against the Chargers and the Colts. Then they look they look decent again in the first half against the Eagles, and then they let up 29 straight. Um. And they lost to Houston. They could be really good, really bad. Who knows? It's I guess it's Howard Char Lord's side to play because I think Char Lord's looked absolutely awful. Uh, they only scored six points against the Texans. Yeah, I have no idea. So we'll see. And then the last difference we have is Arizona at Seattle. You got Arizona. I got Seattle. I'm just riding the Geno Smith train. Uh, this will be the last week, I think, for Arizona before D-Hop comes back. They're both two and three. They both have really good offenses, I think, and really decent defenses. I think it go either way, but... All the Seattle games seem to be, at least as of late, kind of pretty decently high scoring, so it's another fun one. Yeah, they always have some good ones, yeah. But I think Cardinals almost... I mean, Cardinals almost beat the Eagles, uh, which I thought was pretty impressive. I think Cardinals are slightly better. I you know. I really thought I had that game last week. Uh, the Manning curse has been broken. Yeah, he missed an easy 40-yard field goal, right, to tie it. Uh, or else it was going to go to overtime. Yeah, I don't know how they blew that. I mean, they had – so I guess the Manning curse is broken. Uh, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> All good things come to an end. But that's that's close. They would they would probably win late in the season with D-Hop. Oh, wait. We actually had uh, one more difference. I didn't even notice that. I took Philly. You took Dallas. Oh, yeah. You're right. This Sunday night game, we also had different. So I guess that's a few differences. Um, Dallas has been looking good, and I don't even know who their starting quarterbacks would be actually. Dallas's defense is definitely like top five at least. That's the thing. I've been pretty impressed with their defense too. Michael Parsons is crazy. I love him. Yeah, Diggs has gotten better. And but yeah, I mean Michael Parsons has been making a run for a defensive player of the year right now. Right. Absolutely insane. But Philly still undefeated, five and zero, and they're pretty good on offense and defense if they get the home field. So I lean Philly. But you know what's interesting? Our wins is actually first place in the division because Dallas has only had one loss. Yeah, that is true. I think the AFC South is the weirdest division, and the NFC East is the most surprising division. Yeah, and their division is so good that like. You know, the Cowboys are 4 and 1. I mean, not the Cowboys, the Giants. Well, yeah, the Cowboys. So that's pretty crazy. But the, the Giants are also 4 and 1, too. I mean, I think this division is still a bunch of cuties. I don't think anyone's really a contender for the Super Bowl. I agree. They're all pretenders. Even though you got three teams 4 and 1 or better. Actually, I do like the Cowboys and the Eagles because the Cowboys surprised me with their defense. And I think their offense will get better. Uh, either Dak or actually Cooper Rush is decent. He's actually better than I thought he was. 
And the Eagles defense has gotten better, but it's obviously uh, adding AJ Brown has opened up that offense. And I think Jalen Hurts has got way better. Like, he's a better player. He surprised me. He's definitely surprised me. I'm impressed with Jalen Hurts this year. He's, a, he's one of those players that's like put in so much work too. Uh, after getting be- like benched after Tua, he could have called it quits, but he made a Heisman run in Oklahoma and he elevated game, his game again his rookie season to win that starting job. And the next two years, he's just progressively getting better. Uh, yeah, I'm really impressed by Jalen Hurts. I guess if there's one team I had to pick out of the division, I would pick the Eagles over the Cowboys, but I don't know. They're bound for a loss. So the rest of the picks, we all have the same. Both have San Francisco to beat Atlanta, Cleveland to beat New England, Green Bay to beat the Jets, Minnesota to beat Miami, Cincinnati to beat New Orleans, Baltimore to beat the Giants, Tampa to beat Pittsburgh, the Rams to beat Carolina, Buffalo to beat Kansas City. That's a pretty big game. And then the Chargers to beat Denver on Monday night. I thought this is a fairly easier picking schedule. I was surprised that... uh... You took Minnesota or Miami. But, I mean, my whole thing is I don't know if Tua's going to play. So, if he doesn't. And Teddy's out too, right? So He also missed last week. So, yeah, I have no idea what's going on there. I was going to play it safe. But if Tua or Teddy play, I actually do like Miami. That, that was my thing too. I'm surprised you picked Buffalo. Usually when it's close. I, I mean, I always pick Buffalo. But... Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was definitely a controversial one for me. Uh, I was really leaning Kansas City because they look really good. But Buffalo, I'm sure Josh Allen has had nightmares about that coin flip. I definitely <laughs> think uh, Buffalo's going to go crazy. Buffalo has so much motivation for that game. The thing is, I, I will gladly give up losing this game. It means we win the matchup against him in the playoffs. When we see them. That's fair. Because that's what happened last year. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll always pick Buffalo. And I hope we win. But, like, I still think the AFC has to go through Kansas City. I still think the other team to beat. We want to get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, if losing to them now means like, – I know they have no correlation to each other. But, like, if I only had one, I mean, I'm taking the one in the playoffs all day. All day for sure. All day. This is another really good NFL slate, too, I think. Each time slot has got a decent game, at least. Buffalo, Kansas City, and Dallas and Philadelphia are the two best games of the weekend. I, they need to stop putting Denver on prime time. I don't like this. Heading into the season, uh, everyone thought Denver was going to be something. And, man, I don't know what it is, but they need to figure out that offense. Because the defense is not that bad. It's pretty good. But the offense, like, what are we watching? Yeah, we thought we had a top five quarterback there, but we definitely not. Yeah, I really don't know what's going on. It's, it's, this is what, their fourth uh, primetime game in five weeks? Has it really been that many? Yeah, I think so, yeah. First two weeks they had one, and one week they didn't, and the last two weeks now they're going to have them. What the? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, definitely, they should have put Buffalo and Kansas City there. I don't actually understand that. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I did not realize they ever had that many. Kind of doing the NFL in general a disservice. I mean, they already, <laughs> you're already making NFL fans watch the uh, the Commanders and the Bears on Thursday night. Like, <laughs> last week when we were watching uh, Broncos Colts, and then they had the commercial for like next Thursday night, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like take football off Thursday, just keep it Sunday, Monday. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. <laughs> All right, moving on to our lock segment though. Every week, me and Vito each have a hundred dollars to spend on bets as we choose, and we keep track throughout the year to see if either of us can remain positive for the whole year. So after six weeks of keeping track, this week will be our seventh. 
Overall, I'm up 61 after losing $55 last week. Not a great week for me. Uh, you're overall down 46 after up $2 from last week. You know? Tennessee minus two and a half. Never a doubt. Kelly K coach big games. Notre Dame money line. Again, never a doubt. We just love the Shamrock series. Now, I also had a big parlay with the Packers, Jacksonville, and the Buccaneers. And uh, two of those three lost. Like, both Jacksonville and uh, the Packers lost this weekend. And so that was... I thought those were all, easy ones. Oh, yeah, exactly. They're all pickbees, I thought. Uh, but the whole thing was always a doubt. And I was a one for three. You lost that one at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> the London game. I woke up to get a fantasy notification about Saquon Barkley touchdown. I was like, oh, no. Um, for me, last week, I had App State versus Texas State. First quarter, over 13. That did not hit. I think it was like 10 or something. Uh, Indy versus Denver. I had a prop on Russ. Over 19 and a half completions. At the end of the fourth quarter, Russ had 19 completions. He would have had 20 if he didn't throw that pick at the end of the game. Uh, they got him into overtime. He threw a 20th completion. That was the only bad hit last week. Dang. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been a bad beat if I lost, but it wasn't because of overtime. Arizona at Philadelphia at Arizona money line did not hit that. I thought I could bank on the main curse for an easy win. I was wrong. And then I had a three-team parlay, too. I had Denver, Buffalo, and the Chargers, and I lost that one on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Denver should not have lost that either. Early loss of the parlay just kind of rooted. Yeah, because especially on the rest of the hit. Yeah. But we're on to week seven now, Vito. What do you got for us? Yes. Just as a reminder, besides that bad uh, parlay pick, it is still locked over, so uh, I'm ready to get some locks. <laughs> So first, I got a little parlay. Clemson, Bama, Moneyline, plus 105 for 50 bucks. They have good matchups, but I trust the better team, better coach. Then Penn State at Michigan. I like Penn State plus 7.5, minus 128 for 25 bucks. I think Penn State keeps it close. And, and as we mentioned earlier, the game that was pretty much even, Commanders at Bears, the terrible Thursday night game. I got to ride with my Bears, uh, and I'm going to put money on it too. Wow. I got the Bears minus one, uh, with the odds of minus one hundred eight for twenty five bucks. That's pretty good. A college parlay. I actually like that one. That's pretty, pretty decent. Uh, for the top five teams to take care of business. Um, yeah. I actually have our first ever. I got five picks this week, and my first one is our first ever not football pick. I got a soccer pick. Oh. You know, with the World Cup coming up this winter. We got to get into our soccer spirit. So I got El Clasico this weekend, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. Of course, I'm a Madrid fan. Uh, I got Real Madrid money line at plus 120 this weekend, and winner of that goes top of the table in La Liga. So a lot riding on that game. I put 10 bucks on that. Then I also have an Alabama versus Tennessee bet, except I took an alternate line. I think Tennessee keeps it close. The, the I think the game line is like seven and a half or something. Maybe not that close. So I took an alternate Tennessee plus 11 at minus 155, put another 10 on that. And then I got a couple of NFL parlays. We got Jacksonville to beat the Colts and Cincinnati to beat New Orleans together. Plus 280 odds, put 30 on that. So that's a big one. And then my other NFL parlay, I got a three-team parlay. Rams to beat Carolina. I think there's just too much this week going on for Carolina. But then to be to focus on football, and the Rams need a big win. San Francisco to beat 
Atlanta Falcons, and then Tampa Bay beat Pittsburgh. Those parlay together is plus 122. And then, like we said, not too impressed with Denver. So I got, for the Monday night game, Chargers money line, minus 245, last 30 bucks on that. So hopefully a little recovery week. I spread out my picks a little more. I was going to say, a lot of different picks, yeah. Wow, yeah, you got money on half the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I have money. That's five different teams, six different teams. That's almost half the games. Well, hopefully, I pick right this week. So, uh, the funny thing is, I think that Bama one is going to be the sweet spot somewhere between zero and eleven points for Bama win. So, I'm definitely with you on that. Oh, the win-win. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with win-win there. Because I think, I mean, I definitely think Bama wins, but I think Tennessee is good enough to keep it within ten. I like that. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think it's going to be just like a couple weeks ago. We had a great college and NFL football weeks. Um, throw a little soccer in there. I think we're going to have a great sports weekend and plenty to talk about next week. All right, Vito? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And with that, we will see you guys in the next one.